Hi. Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, one of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers was in the Nutcracker this week. Yes, Thomas Miles joins the show to recount his experience. Plus, the CFL schedule is out already. I'll go over the Bombers schedule with a fine-tooth comb. Plus, in honor of the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. What's your bowl game name? We'll share some of ours here from CJOB. All that on the podcast. Brought to my attention today that linebacker Thomas Miles of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers was in the Royal Winnipeg Ballet's performance of the Nutcracker last night. So I decided to ask him about it. Called him up earlier today and I started by asking him, how did that come about? Um, well, one of my friends is the stage manager. Um, actually, the connection there is that I've been an extra in several operas before and uh, worked with her there and uh, the Bombers had some history with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet uh, with Mo Leggett doing it two years ago. And so, uh, yeah, my friend reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be involved, and I said, absolutely. So you're no stranger to the stage then? No, I've been on there five times now. Wow. So what part did you play? Uh, that's a good question. A dinner guest? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not a big role. No, no, it was minor, although I, I did have a, a small lift uh, with one of the main dancers, so that was cool. Did you have to practice? Oh, a couple times, not many, though. It was, uh, that was definitely the only stressful part. <laughs> so was this just a one-night gig then for this role for you? Yeah, okay. yeah, just the uh, opening night last night. Okay. How did that feel to be on the stage? You know, you play in front of thousands of people on a football field, but out on the stage, is it different? No, it's it's very similar in that regard. Um, it's incredibly cool. And being that close to these just astonishing athletes, like it is, it is definitely underrated just how incredible um, these dancers are. And getting to witness it up close was very cool. So that gives you a definitely a, a different perspective because each sport has its own, you know, athletic qualities to it, but dancers are just incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, athletically um, superior, I would say. <laughs> and uh, their their feats are far greater. Um, I mean, some of, some of those receivers with their one-handed catches, they're the exceptions, but... And for the most part, uh, ballet dancers are just wildly talented. So for you, this is an experience that uh, you might want to do again sometime? Yeah, absolutely, if they'll have me back, and I hope they will. Would your uh, teammates be interested in doing this too? I reckon there are a couple I could vince to join me. Yeah? who, yeah. who Who's on the top of the list? Um, Chad Rempel, probably. Yeah. he's uh, He's a man that's he's bred for the stage you know he's getting into comedy and he's just a natural performer so I'm, I'm gonna see if i can get him out there how's the off season otherwise going for you so far it's going well um slow start you know a couple weeks off and now i'm starting to get back into the swing of things and um starting to prepare for next year did you see the schedule today i did yeah anything jump out at you um, that, well, yeah, the uh, back-to-back against Calgary at the end of the season, that will be a seriously fun time. Yeah. Does the fact that you have a bye in week two and a bye at the last week of the season, is that good or bad? 
Um, probably neither. Okay. The the thing about early buys like that is that um, you're like they're good in that it's um, training camp is the most grueling portion of the season, and so to get a week to recover post training camp is nice. But on the other hand, um, games take a toll as well. So, it, it, I mean, in an ideal world, you get a buy after week six, a buy after week 12, buy after week 18, right? Um, that never happens. So um, what this leaves us with is a, a, a very long stretch in the middle. I think it's 10 games without a buy. Um, so that'll be a grind, but, you know, there, there are ways around that. Um, We'll uh, we'll make sure that we're on top of our recovery game and lots of massages and the like. So, all every every schedule is going to have its own unique challenges. And obviously, you don't know what your record's going to be now going into weeks, the last two weeks of the season. But to to finish up with a home and home against Calgary, if all things go well, could be a battle for a first round bye. Hopefully, it is. You know, you always want to. It, it always feels better when you when you beat the best, and uh, hopefully we can uh, go head to head with Calgary there and come out on top. Any special plans for the holidays? I'm going to Mexico with my girlfriend uh, for New Year's and the week after, and nothing other than just hanging out with family. And I guess once is that kind of like the last vacation before you go hard into training again? Uh. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm actually going to be in uh, Tanzania for school in April. Um, but yes, this Mexico trip is my only winter getaway. All right, let's talk about that for a second. You're going to Tanzania. What's for what? Uh, well, so I'm. Um, I'm at Oscar. I'm doing a master's of business, and uh, one of the classes is an international study trip, and. The destination this year is Tanzania, so I'll be there for a week. Are you just doing schoolwork in the off season then, or is this something that you do during the season as well? Uh, I really reduce it during the season, so I typically take uh, one class during the season and then a full course load in the winter. How do you find the balance? You know, it's, it's really not that bad. Um, I mean, well, so in the winter, it's like just having a job, and then um, during the season, one course is totally manageable. Right. Okay. Well, uh, how long, I guess, do you have left in your schooling? I'm about halfway through now, so um, I, I've been puttering away at it for a couple of years now, so um, probably at least one more year. And the end goal of that is to uh, set yourself up for your post-playing career? Yeah. What's the, what's the dream gig, I guess? Well, I would love to work in a community relations department. So that's a, a big part of my role with the Blue Bombers is the community engagement. And um, I, I really, really enjoy that part of the job. So something in there, uh, not necessarily specifically in football, but just somewhere working in the communities is where I'd love to end up. Uh, well, Thomas, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today. Uh, enjoy your holiday season and your trip to Mexico, and uh, best of luck with the off season. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for having me. The CFL schedule is out. Yay! You can plan your 2019 now. Get out your calendar. Oh, wait, do you have a 2019 calendar yet? Hard to mark your calendar if you don't actually have the 2019 one yet. 
imagine that's a popular Christmas present. I think I'm probably going to get a calendar. Anyway. I'm kind of happy that they put it out this early. But let's just go through it, start to finish, and then what the highlights are. So if you missed it today, here's how it is. First preseason game. Second preseason game. Let's just not worry about the preseason. They start on the road. That makes sense. They always seem to start on the road. BC is their opening night game. Then they have a bye in week two. Eh, I don't like that. I don't like, but players might tell you that training camp is actually the hardest part of the season. And having that bye week in week two actually gives you some time to recover. So they have their preseason game Friday, May 31st. They've got June 6th at Saskatchewan. And then they start at BC on June 15th. Week two, it's a bye. Week three, home openers, a Thursday night, late June. So the Jets Stanley Cup parade will have already happened. And then the Bombers will host the Eskimos on Thursday, June 27th. Just like last year, home opener was the Eskimos. You'll remember it. It took 12 hours to play. Well, not quite, but felt like that. I believe it was 1.20 in the morning. That game wrapped up. Chris Drevler played. It was a win for the Eskimos, but it was multiple delays, and it was just a, a mess. But eventually they got it done, and Edmonton came from behind late to win that one. Again, Chris Drevler was playing in it. Then we go to Ottawa. Week four, it's a Friday, July 5th. Friday, July 12th, they host the Argos. Friday, July 19th, they host the Red Blacks. July is the month of the Eastern Division. They play Eastern opponents in week four, five, six, seven, and eight. Going to Hamilton the 26th on a Friday. And Thursday, August 1st, they go to Toronto. Week nine, Thursday, August 8th, big one. If you have a calendar, mark this one. Calgary at Winnipeg. That's going to be huge. Because we expect the Bombers to be competing for top spot in the West. I think that's reasonable to assume. Give this team an entire season with a healthy crop of players. Because last year was a weird year because Matt Nichols didn't play the first four games. And when he came back, he was, took some time to get back into the swing of things. Thursday, August 15th, they host the Lions. Friday, August 23rd at Edmonton. Sunday, September 1st at Saskatchewan. Saturday, September 7th, the Banjo Bowl in Winnipeg. Afternoon game, of course. Week 15, this is when we get into the Saturday games. More games on the weekend, at least. Winnipeg at Montreal on the 21st. That's a Saturday. Friday, September 27th, home game against Hamilton. Saturday, October 5th, they go to Saskatchewan. They always play the Riders three times. They hosted twice this past year, so that means they have to go to Regina twice. October 5th at Saskatchewan. Saturday, October 12th, they host the Alouettes, who shouldn't be good next year. And then October 19th at Calgary. October 25th at Winnipeg. And then a bye in the final week of the season. And I forgot to mention, week 14, they don't play either. So the weekend of the 14th in September, 
they do not play a game. So there you go. I think the fact that they go back-to-back against Calgary right at the end is very, very interesting. It could be really hard if the Bombers dig themselves a hole early and all of a sudden you got to win one or two of those games. That's tough, but we've seen in the past, Bombers, except for that win in October this year, seem to only beat Calgary when nothing's on the line for the Stampeders. And there's still a feeling that until they take a couple from Calgary or heaven forbid win in Calgary that it's not going to be any different than years past that it's going to be Calgary, the great cup champs doing it again. But I think BC is going to be a real challenge this year. They've got Devon Claybrooks. They've got probably a new starting quarterback. Will it be Mike Riley? We'll have to wait and see, but the blue bombers, there's still so much to determine before we even get to the season. We're dreaming about it and it starts in the summer nearly, but we still got to get through winter. We still got to get through the CBA talks. Still got to get to free agency. Who's going to be on this team? Who's going to be on the other teams? So it's a good starting point, but we still have a lot to figure out. The bad boy mowers Gasparilla Bowl is on right now. If you're like most people and you say, what, huh, yeah, what? Yeah, Marshall and South Florida, two teams you'll never watch on TV playing in that one. There are too many bowl games in the U.S. It's true. Once, If you're six and six, you're bowl eligible, which is just dumb. But guess what? We watch it anyway, like the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl and the AutoNation Cure Bowl. And what about the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl? Or how about this one that just happened last night? And how could we miss it? Sorry, Tuesday night, the Cherubundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. That's a real thing. Mark these on your calendars coming up. The Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, the Cheez-It Bowl, which might be the subject of the Power Parlay tomorrow, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, because obviously, and the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. That one's a bit more of a mouthful. So... I saw on Twitter that ESPN came up with a game. The last place you shopped plus the last thing you ate plus bowl. And since I'm not ashamed to say I stole this from them, I did this last night. The last place I shopped was the real Canadian Superstore. The gas bar, more specifically. And the last thing I ate was some honeydew that was probably not good anymore. So it was the real Canadian Superstore expired honeydew bowl coming up on TSN 12. What else did we come up with in the newsroom? I went around asking people. We had the Family Foods Chachi's Veg Sandwich Bowl, the Bay Chickpea Salad Bowl, the Amazon Carrot Bowl. A lot of Shoppers Drug Mart shoppers, by the way. The Shoppers Drug Mart Mandarin Orange Bowl. And there is an actual orange bowl. The Shoppers Drug Mart Sausage and Egg Sandwich on a 12-grain bagel bowl. The Shoppers Drug Mart Buddy Burger Bowl. I like this one. The Roblin Meats Apple Bowl. There's the Staples Foremost Sturdy Yogurt Bowl. That one is Jeff Courier's. We had the LondonDrugs.com Club Sandwich Bowl, which is Clay Young's. And the Satay Express Noodle Bowl. We're just proving the point that it's just too much. There's too many. Some of the responses on Twitter for ESPN... The Fiction Addiction White Chocolate Fudge Oreo Bowl. The Nordstrom Pizza Bowl. 
the Home Depot Cinnamon Roll Bowl. I, I can get behind that one. The Ace Hardware Quesadilla Bowl and the Costco Asparagus Bowl. It's just like Mad Libs for football. Wonderful, isn't it? Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. <laughs>